For those of you who don't know me, I'm Steve, and I'm married to Tammy, who you've already met, and uh, we help lead this thing masquerading as a church. Um, it's great to have you with us, particularly at the start of a new year. Um, this morning, uh, being our first Sunday back in 2018, we are doing something a little bit different. Usually at this time, we would open up the scriptures and uh, we would take the opportunity to read a passage of scripture and figure out how we apply that to our lives. That's what we really love doing. Um, And sometimes we will work through a book in the Bible. Uh, Sometimes we will look at a particular theme uh, and pick out different things. Um, But today, uh, we're doing something a little bit different. I want to take an opportunity uh, just to look back um, over 2017 uh, and some of the things that have happened and celebrate some of those things uh, together. Uh, I want to give you, um, because I'm legally obliged to, give you a little bit of a financial update uh, on what's going on in the life of the church. And uh, then I just want to talk about one particular thing as we look ahead uh, to 2018. Uh, if you are new this morning, it's great to have you uh, with us. And I just want to assure you, uh, we aren't normally as egotistical uh, as we are going to sound this morning. Uh, we don't spend every week uh, talking about ourselves, massaging our egos or anything like that. Um, but just for this week, we want to take this uh, opportunity uh, to, to celebrate. Um, and so um, we normally do this twice a year, once at the beginning of the year and once in the autumn uh, we take up this opportunity to just uh, think about where things are at. Um, we often talk about um, our mission as a church in a couple uh, of different ways. Uh, we have this phrase uh, where we say we are joining God in the renewal of all things and that we are people who are bringing communities uh, to life. And um, in many ways, they're two statements that, on the surface, they, you might think, what does that mean? You know, it's, it sounds like Christianese. Um, it, it sounds very jargony. It sounds all very nice and polished and clever. Can you tell I, uh, I did communications for A-level? Um, you know, it, it, sounds, it sounds fine, but what does that mean? And so we often talk about us joining God in the renewal of all things, And um, this is really rooted in a kind of theological conviction that we have. That that we uh, we have, that we believe that God's story is heading somewhere. Uh, That God, through his son Jesus Christ, is in in the business of renewing all things. He's reconciling all things um, to himself. And one day, um, it says in Revelation 21, there's going to be a time where there's going to be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, uh, because the old order will pass away and the new will begin. And when it talks about God doing something new, it's not because the old thing was rubbish and he's going to screw it up and throw it away, but actually he's going to take what's broken, he's going to take the pain of what's broken and the suffering and the tears, and he's going to make something new with it. And that heaven and earth are, are one day going to collide. And, and, and so that's where the story that we find ourselves in is heading. And that's where we place ourselves. That as followers of Jesus, we believe we get to join him in what he's doing. 
And so each day, in each moment, we are agents of God's renewal. We get to join him with where this story is headed. And that means we're not just, it's not just a Sunday thing. Actually, this is a Monday thing as well, and a Tuesday, and a Wednesday, and a Thursday, and a Friday, and a Saturday. Because actually, where we find ourselves is where it's really at. That when we go into our workplaces, wherever that might be, whether it's a classroom or a hospital cubicle, wherever you might find yourself, you get to be an agent of God's renewal. That you bring to bring life and his kingdom into those places. And so as a result, we talk about joining God in what he's doing, but then bringing communities to life. That we want to take the life that we carry into those places, that we're far more concerned about being the scattered church than we are the gathered church, and that we want to scatter into all those different environments and bring life and and freedom and bring the kingdom of God where we find ourselves, bring his renewal into all those different places. And so really what we're about in many ways is not to keep you entertained, okay? Um, There's quite a few good churches in town that could keep you entertained, and um, we'll tell you about them, Um, but we're not here to keep you entertained. We want to be here to equip you. We want to be here to equip you to go and do that, what I've just described, that you would be all that you're meant to be in the places that you spend most of your time, and guess what? That's not in church. If it is, we've got problems, okay? Um, You're in church too much. Um, But, you know, we we want to equip you for everything, for life, for ministry, for service in the world around us. And so as a church, um, we really hold on to what one famous archbishop said, William Temple. He said, the church is the only organization that exists for the benefit of its non-members. And that's what this is about, that we, we, we want to orientate ourselves in such a way that we, that we are benefiting those who are not here yet those who we're trying to reach, those who we want to see transformation come to. And so that's, uh, that's what we're about. And um, we do this by emphasizing six particular things. We, and, and sometimes we put more emphasis on one than the other, but really just six things that we, we try and emphasize um, as, we, as we think about joining God in all that he's doing and bringing life uh, to the communities around us. First one would be worship and prayer that fuels our mission. That we don't want to just um, do good things for the sake of doing th- good things, but actually we want it to flow out of relationship. We want it to flow out of our worship uh, and our prayer. You know, we don't just pray as a kind of like, are we going to tag a prayer onto the end of this just to make it feel right? <laughs> actually, we want prayer to fuel all that we do. Uh, we, we want to emphasize networks and neighborhoods. You know, I've already said that we want to be a dispersed church that's um, impacting the networks and neighborhoods that we represent. Uh, we want to be disciples who make disciples. Jesus wasn't very good at making Christians, but he made disciples. And uh, we want to be disciple. We want to disciple ourselves to the person of Jesus and, and go and make disciples of Jesus as well. We want to re- release leaders uh, that don't just lead the church, but they impact culture. That we, we recognize that the church so often uh, has avoided culture 
or critiqued culture when actually we should create culture. And we believe that there's men and women in the life of our church who are called to impact the culture around us. And we want to equip you to be able to do that. We want to restore justice and compassion. That we've always said that if, if, if anyone's going to say anything about us as a church, we want them to gossip about our reckless generosity towards the poor and the disadvantaged. That we want to be a church that reaches out with compassion. And then lastly, we want to reach um, the next generation. That, that it doesn't stop with us, but actually this goes on uh, beyond us. And we want to reach uh, the generation to come. Now, I don't have time to unpack those six things. Uh, and we have done that at different times in the year previous. Um, and we will do again in the future. Um, but just to say that sometimes we will put particular emphasis on one or two of them. And others, we might back off for a season. But they're the things that are really driving us. If you like, they're priorities. Someone said to me that a priority is what you give your time, your energy, and your money to. And if you're not sure what your priorities are, then take a look at your diary and check out your bank statement. Because they will show you where your priorities lie. And so they're things that we want to prioritise in, in the life of the church. And so as we look back over 2017, I think there are a number of things for us to, to celebrate. Um, you know, we haven't been able to include all of those things um, because we'd need to have a longer service to do that. But um, I just wanted to highlight a few of those things. I actually, um, this is 2017 according to Instagram, because um, I used Instagram to remind me um, of, of some of the things that, that happened over the year. <clears throat> so some of you remember in 2016, uh, we purchased this property and began the process of, uh, of refurbishing this space. And uh, nine months later, in March 2017, uh, phase one, as we called it, uh, was complete. Um, much to everyone's delight, you know, we met as a church in a building site for a long time. Um, you know, I remember getting home and dusting myself off uh, on a Sunday morning and all those sorts of things. And, um, and ever since then, things have just continued to expand. I don't know if you've noticed that. Things have just continued to grow and, and develop since we've been in this space. And, um, and um, you know, one of the things that has continued to develop is our, is our hub drop-in. We we, we run a, a, a drop-in twice a week on a Tuesday and a Thursday, which reaches a number of uh, those who are on the margins of our community. And, um, you know, right now, it's, it's not strange to see, like, in excess of about 120 people a week uh, come through our doors. I think before then, we probably saw about 40. Um, and so things have expanded and grown quite significantly in the last year. Now, some people come to get a food parcel for the food bank, some uh, to get a free meal, um, but others continue to come really because of the, the sense of connection and community that has been found amongst this network of people. And so we're really thrilled to be able to uh, invest so much in reaching 
such a, a marginalised group of people uh, in our town. And um, I'm not going to tell you too much about some of the work Restore does, because in a few weeks you're going to hear a lot more, and I don't want to steal their thunder. So um, in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to hear some uh, exciting developments that are coming up uh, in this year. Also, um, I'm going to give you a lot of numbers this morning, um, and um, it's, not like, it's not like Lost. You remember that program where there was a sequence of numbers and the, the world would end? As a result? Okay, so it's not that. There's no secret code to the numbers or anything like that, but I'm going to give you a lot of numbers, and it's not because we're bragging. It's not because numbers are that important. It's not because bums on seats are important or anything like that, but that numbers do become important when we, when we realise they represent individual lives. And they represent individual lives that have been transformed and touched. And, and that's really what we're celebrating, is the lives of people. You know? And numbers seem quite important to God. You, know, you ever realise that when you read through the scriptures and you wonder why certain numbers are recorded? Or why he named a whole book of the Bible? numbers you know so numbers do seem to be important at some stage but it's not because we're stroking our egos or anything like that but just we want to celebrate the lives uh, that are touched and so last may um, 19 of our youth uh, went to dti uh, dreaming the impossible which is our youth festival uh, that our family of churches run every may bank holiday um, all of them were there and had an impactful time, and God just really did amazing work in the lives of some of our young people. Uh, as a result of that, they came back, and we launched a monthly youth service that takes place here on a Friday evening. And, you know, we're just really excited and really want to celebrate all that God is doing in the lives of our, of our teenagers. You know, God's doing some wonderful things. You know, we've been out, because we were a church plant, you know, for the longest time, we didn't have any youth because they were all little kids. Um, but they're all growing up now, and we have teenagers. And boy, do I know it. But, um, you know, um, but it's wonderful to see uh, what, what God is doing. And um, we're just praying that that will continue to flourish uh, in, in the next year uh, and beyond. Uh, in May uh, last year, we launched our first Alpha course uh, in this building. Uh, those who don't know what Alpha is, it's just a basic introduction to the Christian faith. Um, we had over 75 guests for our launch party, uh, and about 40 people uh, took part uh, in the course, which was great. And around the same time, um, we launched this campaign, which was making room for others. That as things continue to grow uh, throughout the year, we realised we were running out of space. We recognised there wasn't much room. And some of you might remember the picture that we used was a, a picture of a large banqueting table, you know, with those big, long benches each side. And there was this idea that actually it was time for you and I to shuffle up the bench and make room for others. And, and one of the ways that we've done that is to go from having one service to having two services here on a Sunday morning. Um, what you need to do, those of you who prefer the second service, you need to speak to some people who come to the first one and invite them. Because uh, we, had, we had like 150 people in the first service this morning, and it was like, I'm not doing three. Um, so you need, to, 
you need to, whatever you do, bribe people. Um, encourage, that's the word, isn't it? Encourage them to come to the second service. Um, we need that. I, I'm not mentally prepared for three. Um, but, you know, we went to two services um, simply because we needed to make room. And, um, and boy, has that been an amazing journey. Uh, God's done some amazing things since September. It's hard to believe we've only been doing this uh, since September. Um, but from the moment we did it, um, we saw our attendance go up uh, by 25%. Uh, so that's quite significant. That means more of you are coming to church more often, as well as, as, well as new people. And our, our conservative estimates is that we've seen about 90 newcomers since September, since we went to two services. About 90 new people walk through our door. And we think we've given away about 60 welcome packs. Um, and we've probably given away about five this morning. So 65 <laughs> Uh, welcome packs. And um, since September, we've also consumed 1,200 cups of coffee, um, which um, I don't know what that says about you. Um, but more importantly, we've managed to eat 900 donuts. Uh, so I don't know how you feel about that. Um, uh, and uh, maybe it's going to be a bit less now it's New Year. Um, but equally, uh, amazing as 900 donuts in three and a half months is that last year uh, we saw 10 people give their lives to Jesus and then a further eight people uh, get baptized which is just a real joy that's the business that we're in that's what we want to see happen all year round we want to uh, be able to continue to celebrate new life like that also in September last year we launched um, Central Vineyard Kettering, uh, and we launched our vision, 624, that we feel God has invited us to plant at least six new congregations across Northamptonshire uh, by the year 2024, and uh, Kettering uh, being the first of those uh, and launching last September. And so we're really excited by what God's doing there as that group emerges, and I'm sure we will hear some more about what's going to happen uh, in the time ahead. We're also excited about some of the connections that God has been giving us across the county as we continue to pray into this vision uh, to see uh, what's going to take place. And so we're really looking forward to investing in those, some, some of those key areas. And it, and it does mean we become different as a church. You know, when a church goes from meeting in one location to multiple locations, it means we start to function differently. It means, you know, Tammy and I might not always be here every Sunday morning. Uh, it, it means that sometimes we give away our best in order to see God do some wonderful things. Okay, so that's the uh, things, and we could have celebrated so many more things. You know, at Christmas, we managed to get 330 people in here over two Christmas services, probably our biggest Christmas gatherings uh, in history. And um, we saw three people give their lives to Jesus there as well. So it was just really exciting season in the life of our church. And 2017, someone said it was a rubbish year um, because of people like Donald Trump and Brexit. Uh, but actually, it was quite a good year for us. Uh, and quite an exciting year. So I'm going to talk now, because of, I'm legally obliged to do this, is to tell you a little bit about where things are financially. Um, so some of you who aren't kind of wired like this, you can switch off 
for the next five minutes, if you like. Uh, others of you who like numbers will um, really love this. Um, <laughs> now, our accounts, they actually run um, from April to March. And so the figures that I'm showing you actually ended in March 2017. And so I will show you a little bit of a snapshot of uh, what's beyond that in a moment. But just to kind of give you a breakdown of, of where things are at. Um, over that year, we received donations totaling um, uh, £233,000. Um, that was broken down in two ways. First of all, unrestricted funds was 135000 and 98000 was uh, restricted, which was kind of geared towards our building refurbishment. So that money was transferred to our reserves uh, for the following uh, financial year. So I just want to focus on this 135,000. Um, out of that, we spent um, 134. So it's close, okay? Um, but it's still under budget. You can applaud me, whatever. I know. <laughs> uh, we we spent 134,000. Uh, so 65,000 of that it goes on staff and personnel and just staff costs. 45,000 on operations and admin, uh, 7,000 on ministries, uh, things like kids' ministry and hospitality and newcomers and all those sorts of things, and then 19,000 on our outward costs. We normally try and give away at least 20%, but actually in that year we did give away slightly less. Um, Okay, so that kind of gives you a snapshot of where things were for that year. In, in about two weeks' time, you can go on the Charities Commission website and you can download our prepared accounts, um, or you can ask Esther and she'll give you a copy. No one's ever asked, just saying. You know, if, um, if any of you would like a copy, there's always lots of work that goes into it, um, so it'd be nice to know someone's reading it. Okay, um, so if you would like a copy of our prepared accounts, you would be very welcome to have one. So what about the nine months, the rest of the year in 2017? What does that look like? Well, we budgeted uh, to have an £180,000 income. That's unrestricted funds. Um, And currently, um, as of the 30th of November, we had received 145. And so we're well on target to be within budget uh, for the year. Um, And actually... Um, if my calculations are correct, um, uh, we should spend around 175,000 uh, operationally um, by the end of this year. Um, so 93,000 has been on staff costs and personnel. Um, we started paying everyone a pension, uh, all those sorts of things. Um, and uh, we've also had some staff changes, and so that's that's quite a significant leap. Uh, our operations, 47,000. Ministry costs up for 15, and our outward costs around 20,000. Um, we also absorb about 16,000 pounds worth of costs by housing uh, Restore Northampton, our charity, in our building. So we don't charge them anything or anything like that, but the cost of running Restore in this building costs about 16,000 uh, pounds a year. Um, so as I said, we had some staff. Changes and developments this year. This is just a, a brief breakdown of the hours. Um, 
that we work, um, the paid hours, I should say, because my wife will tell me off. Um, um, so the paid hours, uh, yes, so I'm the only full-time member of staff at the moment. Tammy uh, is paid 15 hours. Pete, who came on staff in September, uh, is 11 hours. Kate, uh, who looks after our kids and youth ministry, is 15. Um, Ash, who was working for Restore Northampton at the beginning of the year, uh, is now working for the church for 22 and a half hours. And then As- Esther acts as our finance manager and, and PA, and she works for 25 hours as well. Uh, so that's the equivalent of about 3.4 uh, full-time members of staff. And all of the staff, so you think that's not all the staff team, but all the rest of the staff are paid by Restore Northampton, which is another financial breakdown for another time. Um, we do have some goals You know, often when we grow numerically as a church, it takes a little while for our income to match. And so what happens is is we have this kind of lag where we're we're picking up the tab for more people, but not necessarily seeing more people give. And uh, we understand that, you know, people come uh, and join a church and they like to check it out and like to make sure it's the kind of church that they want to be at. And, um, and eventually they get round to filling in a standing order. And, and so uh, we recognise we're in that kind of season where there's lots of new people coming through our door uh, and we anticipate uh, lots of new people who want to be generous. Uh, and so can I just encourage you, uh, if you have been around for a little while and uh, you're thinking, this is definitely home, uh, then we would love to invite you to come and be part of what we're doing and part of what God's doing uh, in the life of our church. And so I just encourage you to consider what you might give uh, in 2018. And so we've got a couple of goals that we have set. Uh, first of all, um, we would love to see general income raised to about 19,000 per month. Uh, currently, it averages out about 14 or 15. Uh, and a number of our building pledges have come to an end. And so if anybody feels compelled to contribute to the cost of our building, then we'd love to see our pledges go up to about £2,000 a month. And that is roughly equal to um, our mortgage payments. And so we would love uh, to have that as well, Uh, which means we are looking or aiming to budget for uh, a quarter of a million turnover uh, in the new financial year. Um, So I hope those numbers don't scare you or anything like that. I know they're a significant amount of money. Um, but actually, church, church is absolutely free, but it's expensive. Um, and um, to do the things that we do costs money, and that's, that's the reality of it. And so we, we, we would implore everybody who, who says, this is home, this is where I belong, um, to consider uh, what, what contributing to that might look like for you in 2018. Okay, you can switch back on now if you're not a numbers person. What about 2018? Well, I just want to focus on one thing, and then we're going to wrap up, because I'm conscious we're running behind. And I want to focus on this, uh, the year of biblical literacy. Some of you would have received emails about this over the Christmas break. Um, But research says that 80% of Bible-believing Christians rarely read their Bibles, (laughs) It's kind of, it sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? It's, you know, 80% of Bible-believing Christians rarely read their, read their Bibles. And um, many of us treat the Bible like a magic book. 
You know, we often just turn to it in a moment of crisis or we, you know, open up the pages and like, you know, just try, you know, we kind of tap it in and out of it. And some of us, we, we might listen to talks, we might listen to podcasts and all those sorts of things. But I think actually the art of, of regularly reading the scriptures has, has often been lost in the church. Now, I was brought up uh, in the Brethren Church. And um, one thing about the Brethren Church is, is that you, they love the scriptures. And, and maybe it's the Brethren in me, I don't know. But we want 2018 to be a year where we learn to love the scriptures again. And so our hope is, is that all of us, in some way, can engage with what we're calling the year of biblical literacy. Uh, so that we've, we've kind of devised four different ways uh, that we can get involved. Uh, the first uh, is a personal layer, uh, that we want to invite everybody uh, to um, practice the, the daily habit of reading the scriptures. <laughs> that it's a spiritual discipline, it's a, it's a discipline to do. And uh, we've chosen a couple of tools to aid us do that. Uh, if you've got a smartphone, you can download Read, the Read Scripture app, um, which gives you just a chunk of the scriptures each day to read. And on a number of days, there's like little videos that introduce a context to what you're reading and stuff like that. And I know many of you have really appreciated that already. For those of you less technically minded... Um, there's a PDF that you can download um, of the same reading plan um, and just print it out uh, and have it in your Bible and read and commit to. Um, the goal isn't to read the Bible in a year. If you want to read the Bible in two years, read the Bible in two years. I don't care. Um, the, the goal is to form a new habit. Uh, and so that's the personal layer. Uh, and then we've got a communal layer. The Bible is a communal book. It's, it's meant to be read in community. And so we want to encourage people to form what we call huddles, which is just a Christian word for a group of three or four people who get together and distill what they've been reading. And we would just encourage you to get around some friends for an hour once a week and, and chat about what you've been reading and just kind of do life together that way in some way. I was chatting to the guys I'm huddling with and we're going to go to the pub an hour before closing. Um, and get as many beers, no, um, <laughs> and uh, have a beer and talk about what it is we've been reading that week. Um, but you could do it any way you want. You could do it online, whatever you want to do, um, but we'd encourage you to form a huddle and we'd inf- uh, encourage you to register a huddle there. If you're thinking, how do I do that, or I don't know anybody, we'd love, you, love to connect you with some people who you might be able to be in a huddle with. Okay, thirdly, there's a a worshipful layer. And so our teaching over this year is is really, we're going to teach through the whole Bible. Um, And we're just going to look at the big themes of the Bible over the next year um, from start to finish. And so uh, we're going to have a number of different series that tap into this. And so we'd encourage you uh, to be here as often as you can be, Um, you know, and just particularly the 11.15 service, okay? Be here as often as you can be, particularly at 11.15, okay? And encourage others to come to 11.15. Um, uh, it was crazy this morning. It's very stressful when it's busy. Um, so that's the worshipful layer. And then we have an educational layer. Um, and that is we want to stretch you. Um, and we want to kind of stretch some of your biblical uh, knowledge. And so... Um, 
We've, um, we're in talks with some friends to come and speak, uh, and we think some of these folks could be really helpful. Uh, so Simon Ponsby is almost confirmed. Jason Clark doesn't know I'm going to ask him yet, and neither does Pete Hughes yet. Um, 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 but we think, we think what some of these guys have to say uh, could really um, tap into uh, some of the things that we're going to be discovering over the next year. And then lastly, very lastly, is um, Vineyard Institute, Ike Beaver. Uh, Vineyard Institute. Um, so uh, the Vineyard family that we belong to um, has a distance learning program. And historically, um, the modules uh, that they offer have been quite expensive. Um, but actually, exclusively to Vineyard churches and members of Vineyard churches, you can now uh, engage in 10 VI modules uh, for the pricely sum of £250, which is, is probably about a 70% saving on what others have paid historically. Uh, you can also study at your own pace, and so you don't have to work to a certain timetable, uh, and you can do those modules, which um, I think kind of push you towards a certificate in theology. So again, if those of you want to stretch yourself uh, in the scriptures this year, then we would love to have a chat to you about Vineyard Institute. Okay, I've gone on for far too long. Um, so here's the question. Um, as our founding leader, John, will be to say, are you in for another year? 